0: Sentire Media. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for downloading our little podcast from Italy. My name is Jason. Good morning, Ashley. Ciao tutti. Welcome home. Thank you. Today is a beautiful morning, the 15th of December, 10 days before Christmas, partly cloudy, Three degrees. Oh, I'd say super foggy. It is foggy. Oh, you would say foggy, not cloudy. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. Foggy, uh, three degrees, a little wet out. Sun's coming up over Monte Reparto. A beautiful day in Italy. And a gorgeous night last night with the full moon. Yeah. Today, t- today together we run, own, and operate La Tavola Marche, a little slice of heaven in Piobico, Italy, uh, farm and cooking school, and um, today is the... I already said that, yeah? Yes, you did, but right, keep sure. on keeping on. Keep on, just keep rolling with it? Yep. Right. <laughs> uh Lots to talk about today. It's been a minute since we did a podcast. About a month. About a month, which is n- not bad for this time of year. No,
1: it's not. So we're just trying to stay consistent. sounds like we're doing pretty good. Um, a lot's gone on since the last time we uh, fired up the mics. Fired
0: up the mics. Well, let's let's check check in with what's going on in our little valley. Uh, Valley. The f- leaves of course are all gone. The hunters are not finding much this year. Truffle season is winding down, but you said the
1: hunters have been everywhere. The
0: hunters have been everywhere. Um,
1: last night we saw two or three different packs of boar in two or three different areas along our road coming home from our neighbors. And that was pretty exciting stuff. Boars
0: <laughs> are fast. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how fast pigs are. Yeah. But there was those- a pack
1: of like seven or 10 of them. At one point, closer to the house, and they just peeled off away from the road,
0: and we tried to shine the lights, and they were just (laughs) gone. They were gone. So, Mm -hmm. uh, Big. Big, big, big. So um, Ashley was gone in the States for a while with family stuff going on, so I was here alone. I had our neighbor's dog and uh, big walks into the hills every morning. We would wake up. Sun comes up around a little after seven now, so we would try to get up or out around six thirty, six forty five to try to beat all the hunters because Sume is loves the girl hunter dogs. He
1: loves the ladies. He loves the ladies,
0: <laughs> and he would not listen to me when he started smelling and hearing dogs in the woods. So uh, that was challenging. But we're trying to stay ahead this year by doing all my. Um, pruning and trimming and all that stuff that i usually save for uh late february march trying to do it now so that's what i've been doing this. oh month. my gosh Cutting you got sticks a ton of work done got a lot of work done
1: mm-hmm. it looks really good very ahead of the game
0: not very interesting to talk about but no
1: but soon sausages will be up next I yeah we're gonna start over
0: the next big project next big project probably after the holidays we'll what's, start doing what's sausages. the
1: estimated weigh-in this year do you think
0: i'm shooting for 100 kilos of sausage and 100 kilos of salamis. What what? That's well, awesome. I love it. It's going to be a busy year. I know. And um we'll dry them all and we'll zip them up and we'll it will be used as uh, on prosciutto and Meat and cheese platters and public relations. It's a great gift.
1: Oh my gosh. And I just love when sausage making season starts and we can go upstairs and just cut off sausages and throw them on the grill. It smells so good up there and it's my favorite thing. What do you want for dinner? Oh, let's just go cut down sausage.
0: (laughs) Um, Winter winter set in here and uh, the holiday season, and it's really interesting. Both of us, I went back to New York for a short time and Ashley went to Seattle for a longer period of time. It's really interesting. To see the differences in the holidays... In the States versus Italy.
1: Yes. Well, first of all, I was terrified by the size of the cars and the traffic well, and the texting. of course. Okay, okay. So that, I felt like I was developing some sort of dri- driving anxiety of, like, some 60-some-year-old lady. But, um, <laughs> yeah, the holidays, it was just, you know, you see Santa everywhere. I loved seeing him at, like, just at the um, restaurant for breakfast. You know, the little local guy collecting the... Um, You know, ringing the bell outside, but he's having breakfast inside the restaurant and the little kids walk by and just, (gasps) ah, Santa. And I don't feel like you see that here. No. There's not the Babbo Natale in the same way that it's Santa Claus.
0: No, it seems like, um, well, I had a big talk. Me and Gaji, I was eating dinner with Gaji most nights. So we we would talk about this. And um, here, uh, Christmas is a religious holiday. Like Mm -hmm. It's more about the birth of Jesus Mm -hmm. than it is about... Baba Natale or Baba Natale, or um, gifts or the pomp and circumstance and the glitz and glamour, whereas I, I went back to New York, and it's, that's all it is. I oh mean, my that gosh. is. It is lights everywhere and gifts. and so we got to talking about gifts for Christmas, and of course, you give gifts for Christmas, but it's much simpler and it's much more practical the gifts normally for Christmas than they are in the States. And it's usually one or two. Mm -hmm. But it's not the – it's not the um, gifts – you know, overflowing. piled high around the tree. No, but I'll
1: tell you what. I loved going to the Christmas tree farm and getting a freaking nine-foot tree with my friend Teresa and her family. And having bringing it in, getting it all decorated with all the lights and how many strands. And she was doing the math, and it was like, I need at least 10 to 12 strands. And, you know, fill that freaking tree up. I love that. Yeah, and, I mean, we're the American. the smell of it when you come in the house, it was like, <gasps>
0: yes. So, uh, I don't know if that's just because where we live, or if that is Italy in general. But it just seems like not every ha- every family has a nativity scene in their house. Not every family has a Christmas tree. True, I love the tree. <laughs> I do too. But I think if you grew up in Italy, you would you would associate the nativity scene with Christmas more than the tree.
1: I agree. But that is, so it was nice because I've been missing that, and to be back in the states for that a little taste of it was nice. I mean, I guess it's all commercial and all of that, but I was missing it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, What what are other things that you noticed right off the bat? Because we don't go back to the States that often.
1: Um, Well, like I said, the traffic, Seattle was horrible for traffic. Um, The coffee, couldn't get a decent cup of coffee anywhere. Dirty water.
0: (laughs) Dirty water? It was no good. What I noticed the most, especially in New York, was the water. Yeah. When I went to take a shower, it smelled like a swimming pool.
1: That I, Seattle, I was lucky. I could drink the water everywhere. But yeah, the then when we were in a hotel, even it was just horrific. But the swimming pool water, chlorine water, is it's, it's the worst. terrible. And
0: I don't realize how we have such great water here that that you know you don't realize it's not treated. It's not nothing. It's it's and when you when you mm-hmm. go somewhere, it's like oh, it, it's smell like you smell it. The treatment of it, it's weird.
1: No, I, I'm. It just makes you appreciate. I like. How much food was processed everywhere, and I don't know. I thought my family. Well, it's hard, but <laughs> it just made me miss home. I can't eat outside of our little valley. I think you know. You, I complain at times that we don't have a lot of choices, but as soon as you have all of these choices, all I want is our simple food
0: out here. That's just real and good. Yeah. Um, coming up this, this, uh, December 20th, we were debating about this before the mics heated up. Uh, this is going to be our 10th, this will be our 10 year anniversary in Italy. I think, I think we arrived a little bit later. I think it was the 20th.
1: We're not sure if it was the 20th or the 22nd. We'll have to check into that. All right. Quick. Tell the story. Okay. So we arrive into Milan and my sister is coming to help us for the first six months also. And we have a car that we um, got via um, auto drive away or what? would? No, that was something um, else. The
0: Peugeot. The Peugeot. uh, Auto buyback or auto whatever.
1: And so we... Uh, we were making our way from Milan to Le Marche, and I remember the whole car ride um, in a, this brand new car. It was like, oh my gosh, the Bartner Partner, we called it. <laughs> and uh, that we were having all these great ideas of things Jason would make for Christmas and Christmas Eve, and all the fishes and all the food, and oh my God, this. Five hour drive was nothing but Christmas music and talks of our first Christmas here in Italy and our new home and all of that. And we finally get down here to the exit uh, in Aqualania and we go to, and it's like, okay, we remember getting off here and we'd only been to the house one time. And so it's like, Ooh, it's a little farther down this road than I remember. And as we're getting farther and farther into off the expressway, off of Aqualania, getting closer into Piobaco hmm Little snow on the ground wasn't quite expecting that, and uh, I remember <laughs> that was, it's like, oh, that's that's, cool. that's weird. We got some snow getting
0: closer and closer. No, I hold on, let me interject. I think you, uh, it, I think you said something to me like California winter. Huh? No,
1: that was, I totally did. I said, I thought you were in charge of researching the weather, and he said, Yeah, California winters, California winters. And I was like, What the hell part of California? Are we talking of Tahoe? And so, as we're getting closer, it's like, Oh my gosh, there's really snow on the ground and we get up to the house and barely make it up the driveway and Fushiani our landlord's brother was there Alessandro and his wife and two kids and they were not expecting
0: us to actually show up that night which which I don't understand because we have been talking with them and this whole thing was planned for 6 months and I don't know. we, we weren't arriving. expecting the Americans to show back they up. They didn't really think we were coming or something. It's like, how? We sent you all this money? What do you mean <laughs> we're not coming?
1: Contracts, everything. Yeah. Sell this stuff signed. What are you talking about? We go into the kitchen and they let us in. And it's like, oh my gosh. First of all, we really realized we are farther down that road than we realized at all. it was dark and long and tons of snow compared to anything we would have expected. Six inches. Yeah, but hello. <laughs> and um Jason and Alessandro are talking and Jason knows a little bit of Italian, barely any at this point. We kind of joke tree, three, something about Wednesday, and we kind of have to reconvene. We were very basic. But he knew some Spanish and uh he's trying to have this conversation and I keep hearing him say tubi gelati, be gelati, and I look at Megan and I'm trying to translate, thinking to my sister, Oh, don't worry, I know what I'm doing. You know, you've dropped your stuff to come out here and I'll show you I know some Italian. And I said, They're talking about something about some ice cream. And Jace looks at me and goes, No, you idiot, be gelati. The pipes are frozen. And it was like, Oh, my god (laughs) do you remember that
0: i of course i remember it
1: and then it was like oh my god we can't live we can't move we can't stay here there's no water there's no water and they had not filled up the bumbala the um gas tank the gas tank because they didn't really think we were showing with natural gas exactly so we had to go into piobaco poppin poppin piobaco december 20th there's so many hotels to choose from you guys
0: At, at 10 o'clock at night.
1: <laughs> so there's one place, um, Ristorante and Hotel Monte Narone, and it's on the main little street in town. And thank God that guy was there. And Lincoln or Abraham, what was his name? Abramo. Abr- Abramo was there. And he. Uh, we stayed in a, shared a room for a night, the three of us, and thought, oh my God, what have we gotten ourselves into? We came all the way out here.
0: Now I remember as we were leaving, Alessandro told us, Well, we just have to wait for the wind to change. Yes. And then that'll make all everything we and, and we drive away going, What the hell is this moron what talking is about? He talking about the change wind. Change the wind? What what are you and, and we're thinking just
1: turn on the freaking heat?
0: Like No, it's like, Oh yeah, the wind has to change. It has to swing around and come out of the south and bring the warm air from Africa and then all the tubes will well, we don't have that problem anymore, but here it is 10 years later. He's like, oh yeah, he, he was totally right. <laughs> and then, so
1: then it didn't end there. So then we had to go and think. Because the wind didn't the change. The wind did not change. We could not afford to stay at Hotel Monte Narone in Pop and It was too luxurious. Very, too highfalutin for our blood at that time. And so, thankfully, Fabio, our commercialista, has a country house, and he let us stay there for almost a week. No, well, Christmas Day
0: was our first yep. day in Kakamon. So
1: about four nights, three or four nights, we stayed there. And our first night, exactly, was at and We almost starved to death. We had no food. There was nothing because we didn't realize things closed like days in advance. And I'm sure it was like a Sunday situation and a a weekend and the holidays thrown in. We were
0: very American and very green.
1: Oh, my gosh. We thought, oh, yeah, we could do last minute shopping on Christmas Eve. Wrong, and and I think we shared like a piece of pizza and these things called snack friends. And we said snack friends, you're my only friends. <laughs> and that's where we how we spent Christmas, almost starving in a big, huge, cold house with frozen pipes on Christmas and wet
0: wood, mm-hmm. but we loved every minute of it, and it was yep. awesome. So that was that was 10 years ago this this coming up week. Maybe we'll keep telling 10-year um, stories throughout
1: this year's podcast. Mm. Wouldn't that be a fun? Write in. Let us know what That's you'd like to That's a little obnoxious.
0: <laughs> um, Christmas is coming up and Christmas gifts are being sent around. I'm sure you have your shopping list. Either uh, You've either started it or you haven't um, even begun to uh, think about it yet. Either way keeping with my uh goal of uh staying on top of things staying organized and staying ahead of the game ours is done and my yes. favorite gift that i sent this year was a half a wheel of parmesan
1: that is so freaking cool i love it and our friends are gonna go crazy for it um so tell them
0: how you, how are you able to procure this So, um, we, we have friends in France and they are, um, interestingly enough in France, you can get delicious (laughs) cheese. Uh, well, because I got made fun of the other day. I say, how do you say it? France. France. That's how I say it too. (laughs) France. And I got made fun of the other day and said, it's not France. It's France. Oh, so I'll just say France. Okay. Even if I sound like an idiot. I'll
1: still make fun of you. That's fine. That's your job. (laughs) Um,
0: they live in France and, um, Interestingly enough, you can get delicious, beautiful cheeses, and I'm sure Parmigiano-Reggiano, three-year-old aged, uh, is available, but it's harder to find, and it's very expensive, whereas we know a guy, we know a gay, we have old Fushiani who deals in all (laughs) things meats cheeses oils wines and all that and um it's very easy for us to get it and compared to what as soon as it leaves the country any of this stuff triples in price so Mm -hmm. what you would pay god knows how much a kilo a pound for i'm paying what the real italians should pay which is something that's give them an estimate you don't have to like what you're talking. three year age parmigiano reggiano is like 13 14 euro a kilo my price. That's mm-hmm. cheap. My price. My <laughs> price. My price. Good <laughs> price. That's that's super cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm buying it from the guy that's who, for three year age. That's for three year. And I'm buying it from the guy who buys it from the actual maker. Mm-hmm. And if I went to the actual maker, it'd be even. You know, the actual producer would be even cheaper. But um, so um, we anytime we go and see them, we always bring them parm. Um, and they love it and they go through it. So I thought, what do you get people who have every like they, they they love, they have what they need. You know, mm-hmm. what else can you get them? But I can, what I, what they can't get is a half a wheel of Parmesan.
1: Yep. It's awesome. And it's hysterical cause they live deep in the
0: countryside like us. So of course shipping can never be easy. No, it was a disaster, but it was fun. I got to, you know, uh, he, he, uh, cut it open for, he, you know, wedged it open for me and it weighed 21 kilos and it was just, it's just beautiful and we wrapped it up in this really heavy butcher paper and put it in the this giant box now i cut it i didn't cut it horizontally i cut it vertically and i know i a lot of people would be like well you can haul it out and put pasta in it no that's not how you open it you don't open a parmesan horizontally you open it vertically Uh that's the real way and um it's an aged cheese so you could either um if you're gonna eat it within you know a few months you can just keep going um, or <laughs> just
1: eat on just it. Just eat
0: on it. But what um, what <laughs> what I suggested he d- does is cut it into wedges and then vacuum seal it. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the cantina, uh, cool dark place, and you should be good. I mean, it's HG. You're set. You're that set. is awesome. So twenty kilos. That should get them done. It was it was great buying it, and I hope they enjoy it. Oh my gosh, who
1: wouldn't put in a freaking twenty kilos of cheese under the Christmas tree?
0: Yeah. Well, so- I hope it's not under the Christmas tree. I, <laughs>
1: I know. Talk. So speaking of Christmas <laughs> gifts, um, while well, I was out of town. Jason, uh, helped out on the blog and did one of his very first posts and da he was good. I knew he would be. And I think this was great because he did, um, 10 gifts for the chef, uh, or for the cook. And these are totally tried and true things that we use at the cooking school and in our kitchen all the time and nothing fancy schmancy, no bells and whistles. Um, just real freaking
0: tools. Uh, yeah i 'm not a gadget guy um, I've, they don 't work they don 't it 's just a waste of money' it 's fun to use once but they 're not practical because they 're hard to clean or they only do one task and no one has room for them so um, this is a gift for the cook that um, all these all these things they will actually use guaranteed they will never end up in a garage sale or a uh, or a box in in the attic. Um, number one, you ready? Yes. Yeah, so we're, this is up on the blog, but I thought it'd be fun to go through anyway. All right. Okay. Number one is a dough scraper or bench knife. A dough scraper or bench knife is a piece of stainless steel with a handle, a dull stainless steel. And what it's traditionally used for is, um, to scrape up dough balls of dough for pizza or for, uh, working with bread or whatever. But what I use it for is a, uh, way to clean the board and to Bring all whatever I'm chopping together instead of using my knife blade, which dulls the knives, and it's a staple on every station in our cooking classes. Um, you know, um, comp- waste bowl, knife, and dough scraper.
1: And was this something from culinary school?
0: This is something from culinary school. I had a chef called his, his little <laughs> short, fat guy named DDA, Chef DDA, and he was that was his he's thing. French. He's French. Oh, DDA. <laughs> that's not that's not a German name. No,
1: yeah.
0: I... <laughs> <laughs> um, and his pet peeve was he hated the sound of blades on scraped on the cutting board because it dulls the blade, and your knife is a tool that you respect, kind of like uh, Japanese a little bit in that regard. Um, and it's true. Um, and not only that. The number one, one thing that everyone does is takes their finger to wipe off the blade of the knife to get those onions that are stuck on the blade and you'll eventually cut yourself. So use the knife. That's sharp. That's sharp. (laughs) Oh my God. I had a one. I'll never forget this girl. (laughs) Just a long story
1: short. She did it twice. (laughs)
0: She fl- I tell everyone at the beginning, my knives are sharp. Please handle with care. You know, just go slow. It's not a race. She flips the knife blade over. I watch her do it. She runs her finger against the blade of the knife, it cuts her, and she goes, ah, oh, that's sharp.
1: And did it again later.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. Anyway, All right,
1: continuing on the list. So the dough scraper,
0: um, under five bucks, you can go to your Williams Sonoma, Sir Latob, Fancy Schmancy, um, kitchen uh, kitchen store, and get it, or you can go to your home supply store and spend five bucks on it. It's the same thing. as a paint. Yeah, you'll find it in the paint sections. So uh-huh. It's for cutting in paint. Um, number two, this is something that I travel with, and this is the Bialetti. Mocha and milk frotha.
1: Oh man, you can't go anywhere without it. This is the telltale sign of every home, and Italy has a mocha on the back of their stove or in their cupboard somewhere. A well worn. That's what mocha. I was just going to say. Um,
0: I will put this little twenty euro machine up against uh, up against your five hundred euro dollar. Uh, espresso doohickey anytime. Also, I don't have to turn mine on to wait for it to heat up. And let's be honest, unless you're spending a good chunk of change on an espresso machine, they don't work. They don't work very well at home. They're inconvenient and you never use them. This you will use every day. It's the same design since, like, 1900. And you can get all the pieces if you need to replace them. All the pieces are replaced, and it is the best cup of coffee. The Bialetti Mocha, they make them in several sizes. And the frother. Yeah, the frother you can pick up basically anywhere. But it freaking works. It works. For under $30, euros, I will put those things up against your machine. Exactly. Uh, Now, what it doesn't do, I will concede, it does not make the crema, the, the foamy white on the top of the coffee. However it is the closest you'll get for the the, at home
1: and good every damn time every
0: damn time i swear to god i throw it in my bag
1: moving along number three
0: uh number three this is something very utilitarian very practical it is a cutting board with a lip now on what do i mean by that well just a, a, a cutting board with a lip um is so you put it up against the Um, the counter, and it prevents the cutting board from sliding. Um, When you're working with pastry or dough or even just chopping stuff, uh, sometimes the cutting boards can slide. uh, One way to prevent this is by taking a wet towel, putting it underneath, but Sometimes that cutting board just slides. Um, <clears throat> you can find these at Ikea. A cutting board with a lip is a great gift for someone who loves pastry or anyone who cooks a lot. And um, it doesn't have to be expensive. It is a tool.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Moving on. Salad spinner. Oh, my gosh. spinner. This
1: is so funny because um, Jason loves to make fun of my family about these, that we just didn't grow up with them. I swear to God. We would just, like, rinse the lettuce and then put them on paper towels and let them dry. He's like,
0: yeah. what? <laughs> what I've also come to realize by visiting the States is it is hard to find heads of lettuce anymore. True. Not, when I say a head of lettuce, I don't mean iceberg lettuce. I just mean a real, like lettuce in its original form.
1: Yeah. That's not, or even if it's like a nicer, um, like mixed greens, lettuce, it's still in a package. It's
0: all in packages. So this is a tool that is kind of on the way out, but when you when you use real how do you dry your, how do you wash your lettuce? a lot of people will use paper towel use kitchen uh use kitchen rags mm-hmm. or just simply shake it your lettuce your salads are disgusting in water stop <laughs> it not only can you use a spa- salad spinner for lettuces but fresh herbs uh, I use it for radicchios I use it for a ton of different stuff it's twenty bucks it's a great thing to have and start buying start using <laughs> real lettuce. <laughs> Salad spinner. Uh, moving on. Uh, a water stone. Anyone who, uh, instead of buying someone a fancy schmancy knife uh, and spending a bunch of money, why don't you buy them a water stone? The thing about a knife is it is a tool. A blade needs to be m- maintained constantly. And you can spend a bunch of money on a knife, but unless you maintain it and keep the knife sharp, it's it's not being used uh, efficiently. So, um, a nice, a nice water stone and a book on how to sharpen knives is a great gift for someone who loves to cook. Um, this is a skill that, that is really important in the kitchen because a sharp knife is a better tool that you, a won't cut yourself with as, as nearly as much. And, um, just goes through everything with such, uh, all your, everything you're doing with such little effort. um, Go on, I'm not an expert on this. There are people who are super, super into sharpening knives. And my knives do not – I don't require knives to be sharp enough to shave my arm with like a hunter does, for example. But they have to be able to slice a tomato, a ripe, ripe tomato with with no pressure whatsoever. So um, a water stone. Do a little research. eBay is your f- – or eBay. Google is your friend on this. And a nice water stone, a, maybe a two or three grit water stone, and a book on how to – how to sharpen knives. I think that's a great one. Instead of spending a couple hundred bucks on mm-hmm. a knife.
1: Especially for someone. Exactly. So many people have already gotten the knives, but they just don't know how to maintain them, like you said, too.
0: Yeah. Every, everywhere. I, every person's house I go to, they do have fairly nice knives mm-hmm. and they're all dull. Exactly. All right, moving on. Pasta or a stock pot? Um, When cooking pasta for more than a couple of few people, the regular large household pot is not big enough. It doesn't hold enough water to dilute the starch being released by the pasta. And the results are really predictable. It's going to be um, gummy, sticky, nasty, just not good pasta. Um, what
1: do you always say in your cooking class? What you can never
0: you can never have to, you can never boil <laughs> pasta in too much water. It's it's I, I could take a swimming pool and boil a kilo. It's fine. Um, what you can do is not have enough. And um, another reason why uh, you need a big pot is volume. We at home do not have professional ranges. We don't have professional burners putting out huge amounts of energy. So when you add a large amount of pasta to a small amount of boiling water, you kill the heat and you don't have enough energy to bring it back up in the restaurant. That's not a problem because we have uh, larger amounts of, get, you know, fire coming out to bring the water back up. So how we have to combat this is with volume. So if we have a large amount of boiling water to a smaller amount of pasta, the water will not drop in temperature as much and we can bring it back to the boil. So a large stock pot, and it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be thick. It doesn't have to be, um, what was my third one?
1: Like stainless steel?
0: doesn't have to be... Thank you. It doesn't have to be stainless steel. What it does have to be is big and high sides. And what this will do is allow... It'll prevent spillovers because now when the pasta starts boiling, the foam doesn't come over the top and go everywhere. Um, You can use it as a basin to wash muddy vegetables and stuff like that. And get a light aluminum one that can... Uh, You can lift and put on a top shelf easily.
1: Yeah, that's true for weight. Um, Also, you recommend, especially in bigger cities, to check out restaurant supply stores for these kind of things.
0: Oh, this is a restaurant supply store purchase every day or Mm -hmm. or online. I mean, it does not have to be expensive or big you should see the ones you can find in the hardware stores for the giant <laughs> here, pots. here in italy yeah they're like pot metal i mean it's really thin and crappy because all you're doing is boiling water for mm-hmm. it now if you're going to do veal stock in this pot maybe you want to go with a bigger heavier pot but if you are just doing, if you need a big pot for pasta thin light tall Hmm. excellent um Number seven, an earthenware casserole. <laughs> now, this is a, that sounded like an NPR number seven. Number seven. <laughs> um, this is a must for the Italian kitchen. Every nana has one, and they have her favorite one. A casserole is an earthenware vessel. It's used in many Italian dishes. Basically, it's what to Italy what the cast iron skillet is to North America. It's a one pot pan that can do a little bit of everything. So this one can go on top. It can go in the fire, like in the, on the, in the coals, it can go on top of the stove. It can go in the oven and then go on the table. And it's, uh, some of them are very plain and very, um, simple Mm -hmm. and, and utilitarian and others become very ornate. Um... So prices vary, but the casserole's to Italy. Yeah, it's it's and it's really nice to have, and it's just something great. It's got the short, stubby, fat handle, and it goes right onto the table, and it just says to me Italian countryside.
1: Mm-hmm. Put something good and stew-y in stewy. Oh there. yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Oh, speaking of that, you're gonna make artichokes and rabbits. Yeah, tonight. Last night,
0: mm. I last night since Ashley just got home, I before we left, I made I put um, corned beef in under the solution and we cooked it last night with our neighbors and that was delicious with
1: your homegrown cabbage that's delicious
0: and tonight we'll do um what'd you say
1: Oh, oh, yeah, the, the rabbit
0: cart- uh, artichokes and, and rabbit. That'll mm-hmm. be
1: good. All okay, right, sorry. sorry. I'm just getting hungry, I guess.
0: <laughs> All right, here's a great one. I love this. This is these. what Jason wants this year, too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get one of these. Uh, I need one of these this winter. This one. is called a chinois or a fine mesh strainer. It's a concave sieve with a wire mesh. It's used to strain custards, purees, soups, sauces. It makes um, whatever passes through very smooth in texture. Good examples are made out of stainless steel, and they, they are expensive. The mesh ranges a size from very, very fine that can barely pass water up to big holes for, like, getting pasta or beans or something like that. Um, no more floaters in your stock with this because it'll, it'll make all – when you pass your stock through it, all those little bits that will go through a normal strainer will get strained out of this. Um, if you like doing, like, um, butternut school, like puree soups and you want to have your – you know, your vegetable soups have like just a silky, beautiful finish to them. Pass it through here. Um, pan sauces, you pass through here and it gets out all the little bits of stuff you don't want. You put love through. it. I have, I have them in several sizes. They're, they're a little spendy, but they are great. It's mm-hmm. called a chinois or a fine mesh strainer, concave sieve with a wire mesh. Um, Definitely a good one for those who cook. Again, all of these items can be found on the blog <laughs> if you want to go back and look. Um, getting to the end here, the Atlas pasta machine. Um, this is the only gadgety thing I have. It's this pasta. We've used these. For, we were talking about it yesterday. We've beaten the crap out of this machine. these machines for 10 years. Um, they hold up. Uh, they work really well. They're very simple. It's all the only parts that seem to break are the part, the two parts that are plastic on them, and you can get around it. Um, they make, um, they make it possible for people to make pasta at home on a
1: much easier. You know, it's a much more conducive. You don't need as much space. Um,
0: yeah, you don't need a giant cutting board and a giant. Mm-hmm. And the learning curve on these are is very shallow. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's lots of kids. Dip- do
1: totally yeah, dig I, it. Yeah, I
0: have five-year-olds who make banging awesome, beautiful pasta. Seriously? Um, so it's, it's, it's not an expensive little machine. You can find them all over the place. The one I, the brand I prefer is Atlas. Um, and e- you can use it to roll out any dough, whether it be marzipan or pie crusts or pasta dough. It doesn't matter. But it's great to have. And the last one, number ten, wrapping this bad boy up. This is what I want for Christmas this year. So, um, uh, it's just funny. I've had this conversation a couple of times in the last couple in the last few weeks about what do you ask for for Christmas for the kitchen? And here's what I want this this year. It's called the Lake Crusette Extra Large Double Burner Griddle. And what it is is it's just a giant. It's just a big chunk of steel with a about a a two-and-a-half, three-centimeter, about an inch-and-a-half lip on the outside, around the outside, and it's a a rectangle. And what this basically does is it goes over two burners of your stove and you turns your stove into a small flat top. So you can make everything from omelets and searing meat and then throwing it in the oven and then finishing the sauce back on the pan to doing uh, grilled cheese sandwiches and quesadillas and any, it's a flat top, it's a flat skillet. Uh, it's just huge and it, it takes two burners so you can get things that freaking thing really hot. It weighs 10 kilo. <laughs> like it's just a chunk of iron. Um, but that, that's what I want. And it's too much money, I think, because all Lake Crusette stuff is too much money. But. That's what I want for Christmas and I'm not buying it. So it doesn't matter how much it goes.
1: Um, A few other ideas that were sent in when I posted this um, on Facebook and whatnot from the blog were from some guests who chimed in. And one in particular, Norma Sandrock uh, up in Boston, Massachusetts area. She reminded us of some great simple ones of a freaking handful of tea towels
0: uh yeah that's a good but one But you
1: go crazy. like how are, i love, like, kitchen, towels.
0: I, pull, love kitchen towels you love kitchen towels <laughs> it's true you know what that's freaking true but i know but, but it sounds you, cheesy now but if you're going to get that's a great idea I but you have to get a specific type of towel you can't get tea towel like no you can't not get the ones. cutesy ones no if you got someone a pack of 25 like the ones that have the one blue stripe on them that go in the kitchen that are like bar kitchen ones. bar kitchen mm-hmm. ones and they're in the, they're all tied up. That is a beautiful, that's a really I know. nice gift.
1: So that was a great idea. That,
0: good job. So, that good was job, Norma. Norma. That she also said
1: from your classes that she had to get a
0: scale. Oh, that's true. <laughs> a good digital scale is not, um, you shouldn't spend $20 euros on it. It should be about 100 And it, And if you wanted something to be halfway decent. And yeah, a scale. I use mine every day.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, Those were two that I just remembered, but that I thought, oh, we will have to add to the list for next year then or switch it up because those were great ones.
0: Well, there you go. A little bit late. You only have 10 days. Hurry up. But there's 10 good ideas for anyone in your life who likes to cook, whether they like to cook Japanese food or Italian. I think that those are things that they will – they will use in the kitchen. I think so too.
1: Thanks, Jason, for sharing your chef recommended <laughs> gifts
0: for the home cook. <laughs> Very it's
1: good to be back.
0: Good. Uh, what else do you what else do you got? Uh, we could talk about Renzi real quick. So um, uh, on the fourth of December, we had we talked about it in the last podcast, I believe. There was a big the referendum. Um, and that was uh, voted down. And it really, to sum it all up in two sentences, what it did is the Prime Minister Renzi attached this the outcome of the referendum to whether he would stay in power or resign. And it became not about the referendum, but it became about whether you support – it became a confidence vote in him. So what we keep seeing is that whether you thought it was a good idea for the referendum of, of making Italian, Italy government smaller and streamlining everything – you were more likely to vote no because you hated this Renzi guy. Exactly. Awesome. So we, ta-da. <laughs> So we have an in, so we dissolved the government. We have an intern government until March, until they'll do elections again, I believe.
1: Yes. So
0: that's Italy. That is Italy. In a
1: two sentence nutshell. Um, what else is going on? It's, Gosh, it is um, – we talked about it on the blog. Also, a little Panettone Pandemonium. It's the revving up for all the Christmas um, we were talking about earlier.
0: The Panforte and uh-huh. Panettone. And um,
1: what's the panf- – what's the white one? Oh, shoot. Now I can't think of it. God, she loves these.
0: Um, the white one, the new – the white – Panforte? No, Panforte is the the nuts and the um, candied stuff in the round. Come on. torrone. There you go. Oh, Ooh, I do like Tirona. I do know. like Tyrone. Um terone <laughs> here, if you've never tried Tarrone, it's like um nougat, nougat and um with almond. and almond. But if you get a really good one, it's it's delicious. Whoa. If you get crappy ones, it's really crappy.
1: Um I think we had really good ones when we were in Sicily.
0: Yes, we did have it. Mm-hmm. A really good one, I forget it was like an
1: almond town, and oh my god, they and were delicious.
0: Panforte, Panforte is a Christmas or this time of year from Siena, and it's a it's an acquired thing. Here's the thing about all these Italian things: they look good, but they're not the French. You have to no, they're not like the buttery, delicious no, and chocolatey. No, 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 no. Ooh no, la, no. la la, wee oui, oui. wee.
1: No, no, they're like uh, it's an acquired taste. <laughs> There's the, the thing, like
0: bocstranco. Yeah, but the really grow up with that. is like a bad bread pudding. <laughs> um, but the central Italians the the dolce the sweets are not very sugary. They're not there're a lot of dried fruits and mm-hmm. things like that and um nuts and but now after being here 10 years it's like, oh, when the panforte comes around, it's like I'll take a piece. Yeah, I like kind course. of like Yeah. Or the torrone, but the first couple of years kind of like the chestnuts. Uh-huh. Now, it took some time. It took some time. But it took. It did. Mm-hmm. And don't don't kid yourself, it is not France. No, in no. The, in the pastry department. But I love it. I, every time I leave, I got to say it again, every time I leave this place, even for a short time when I come back, I, I love it.
1: I know, I do too. It feels so good and just the smell of the air and the fireplaces, the chimneys when you're driving through town and it's like, <gasps> yes home. Yep. I love it.
0: Well, if you know someone in your life who is is thinking the way we do that Italy is the place to be and would like to relocate and change their lives and come out here and start a business, Boy, oh boy, have we got the thing for you. April 1st
1: through 5th, we are hosting a workshop on how to move to Italy and start a hospitality business. Or
0: just a business in general, a small business business in mm -hmm. general.
1: That just is our uh, expertise in that side, but we are happy to just... I think it'll be informative. I think it will be inspirational, humorous, and a great way for people to not only ask all their questions, but get a really honest look at what life is and what... um, how it is to move here, whether you even want to open a business or not. Um.
0: There's no substitutes for putting your boots on the ground and then talking to people who really live here and can give you... There's only so much information you can get and so much accuracy you can get from doing research from... Online online meet, so, meet the experts at la Tavola market we're going to have friends and neighbors and our people we've con- met and our contacts throughout the years who will be here either on via Skype or sitting down to dinner next to you and and you can pepper them with all your questions sharing their entrepreneurial journeys if you will <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> anyway it uh, it'll, it'll be very it'll be well worth the effort put out because I think it, I think this would be this would have been great. we just sat down and said what could we do if we were back when we were thinking of if we went back to when we were thinking of moving here if there was one four days that we could you know with the money that that we little money that we had what can make that for those four days the most what could we get the most out of it and i think this would have been great if we went back 10 years ago and took this something like this
1: well we're super excited i think it's the right time to do it and to share with people what we've learned and um we are really excited to uh help other people on their way to do something like this, um, it's cheesy. I'm a nerd, I know, I know, if but um, we're, it's April 1st through 5th, it's going to be here at La Tavola Marche, and lots more details. You have all there. the go online, And Should I start wrapping this
2: up?
0: Yeah, I was going to say, if you're, um, uh, what if what if they don't just don't want to live here, but just would like to come out to Italy and see beautiful La Tavola Marche and meet. The smiling faces behind the microphone.
1: Oh, well, you can find us at latavolamarche.com L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E We have a beautiful 500-year-old farm in and cooking school with five apartments, guest rooms, cooking classes, farmed fork table, beautiful swimming pool. And yes, <laughs> you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at La Tavola Market. You can also find me at Ashley Bartner um, and follow our shenanigans and whatnot videos on YouTube as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, don't forget No Half Measures.
1: No Half Measures is the other side of the films consulting, and that is nhmblog.com.
0: All right. Well, I would love to tell you that we will do one of these again before the uh, before Christmas, but let's, I doubt be, it. let's be honest. I want to wish everyone a very, very happy New Year. Buon Natale. Aguri. Thank you so much for downloading our podcast and giving giving two craps about what we say. It means a lot to us. I can't believe we've done this for 10 years. It's wild. It's incredible. And um, there would be no point to it if it wasn't for um, you guys, your support and everything that, that you guys do to support us way out here fulfilling a beautiful life in a beautiful country surrounded by wonderful people.
1: Oh, happy holidays! Merry Christmas!
0: All right, from our little piece of paradise here at Cacamone in Piobico, Italia. Thank you so much. Buon Natale, Aguri.
2: Buon Natale.
0: And buon anno nuovo. Ciao. Sentire
2: media. Ciao. Hey, podcast producers and show hosts, do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Centiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy.